God has it for you. The Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit is in this place. And he has a very, very special blessing for you. We receive that by faith. We reach out and touch him and he reaches back and touches us. Thank you so much for your giving. We appreciate it so much. As most of you know, we have been supporting the ministry in Nicaragua for over 60 years. I, along with others in the church, has been privileged to go down and see uh, these 13 churches and see many, many thousands and thousands of lives changed. The only transportation they have getting to some of these churches, and we had to do that ourselves, were down rivers. They had no roads. And, but they were faithful. They would come for miles and miles and come all night. They travel all night just to get to the service. And the places would be packed. Of course, they had the windows, but they had no glass. And they, uh, you could just stand in the windows and see what's going on inside. And so it was just wonderful, wonderful. Marty Peterson is just a great, great leader. She is sad in the fact that she's not Brother Dan, and Brother Dan does a wonderful job of this. She's not been able to get down there because of covid and the restrictions that the uh, Nicaraguan government has on people going. But that's not all. We help support Moses Chowdhury and his great, great ministry in the southern part of India, Vijuada, and also in Hyderabad. And they have all kinds of ministries by the thousands and tens of thousands of people. And... So, and, and then the, there's many others that we help too. So we really, really appreciate, appreciate your support, not only to this church, but churches around. We, we, have, we have ministries in, in the Middle East, which I think is just great. And in uh, Mexico and right here locally in the States. And so we're just really thankful for your giving and support, again, support to these ministries. This morning was wonderful with the music. Uh, as most of you know, Brother Matt Fisher and Ann Fisher are not here. Their son yesterday got married in a beautiful, beautiful wedding up in Mooresville, about two hours west of Durham. And uh, Jonathan could not, could not quit smiling. He, he just smiled and smiled and smiled and smiled. Very exciting, beautiful wife. And, uh, and then, of course, there was the whole family, Andrew and Ryan and, and of course, Ann and, and Matt. So we missed, this, missed them this morning. I was glad that we were able to secure, I guess, some booking, booking agent got him secured. We were able to secure Merle Haggard to come in and sing for us in his... Uh, <laughs> Now, many of you too young, that name doesn't mean anything, but for us older folks, Merle Haggard was a country singer, and uh, Brother Michael sounded much like this morning Merle Haggard, and I thought, and they all did a wonderful job. We do give them a round of applause and praise God for what they did. The Cookie Thief.
A woman was waiting at an airport one night with several long hours before her flight. She hunted for a book in the airport shop, bought a bag of cookies, and found a place to drop. She was engrossed in her book but happened to see that the man beside her was bold as could be. Grabbed a cookie or two from the bag between which she tried to ignore and avoid a scene. She read, munched cookies, and watched the clock as the gusty cookie thief diminished her stock. She was getting more irritated as the minutes ticked by, thinking, if I weren't so nice, I'd blacken his eye. With each cookie she took, he took one too. When only one was left, she wondered, what will he do? With a smile on his face and a nervous laugh, he took the last cookie and broke it in half. He offered her half as he ate the other. She snatched it from him and thought, oh, brother, this guy has some nerve. And he's also rude. Why, he didn't even show any gratitude. She had never known when she had been so galled and sighed with relief when her flight was called. She gathered her belongings and headed for the gate, rushing to look back at the thieving ingrate. She boarded the plane and sat in her seat, then sought her book, which was almost complete. As she reached in her baggage, she gasped with surprise. There was her bag of cookies in front of her eyes. <laughs> if mine are here, she moaned with despair. Then the others were his, and he tried to share. Too late to apologize, she realized with grief that she was the rude one, the ingrate the thief. Wow. What a, what a little story in rhyme. This morning, I'd like to, uh, did I bring my, yes. I, I'd like to share with you a message, and I hope everyone has an outline. It's very important that you have an outline because we want to look at what thus saith the Lord. And I believe that, not just from Don Westbrook, what God, I believe, is saying to us this morning. The title of the sermon is Holy Spirit Baptism. I heard a national preacher last uh, Sunday morning on television as he taught, and he made the statement that every Christian has been baptized with the Holy Spirit and after that, there is no more. Now, this is an outstanding minister. He loves God and he's a man of God. But that's the way he felt and that's the way they teach. That once you receive the Spirit of God, there is no more. And then Sunday night, another national preacher that was talking about a young man that called him from a nominal church and wanted to see him and talk to him about receiving the Holy Ghost, receiving the Holy Ghost. 
And so he said, come on, young man, and I'll talk to you. We'll have a conversation, and I will pray for you to receive the Holy Ghost. Now, this young man was a pastor. He pastored the church. He was a believer. He was saved. He was born again. And yet the preacher said, I will pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, neither one of these preachers were bad preachers or, or, or necessarily, uh, especially the, the, the night preacher, wrong. Because the Bible speaks, whether it's with Philip and Samaria, Paul at Ephesus, or the five different occasions in the Bible where they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There were times it said they received the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit. I must confess to you this morning that as I have noticed over the years how confusing it is concerning the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is a real misunderstanding when it comes to being filled, baptized, or receiving the Holy Spirit. Notice, if you will, the introduction as we read it. The Christian needs the power of the Holy Ghost for exploits in the service of the Lord. Endowment with the power from on high makes a great difference in a believer's life in a believer's ministry, in a believer's home, and in every area of his or her life. Let that sink in. Let that be a powerful statement to all of us. It makes a big difference to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The spiritually feeble believer becomes dynamic the lukewarm becomes aggressive in evangelism, while ordinary believer becomes mighty instruments in the hand of God. You say, Pastor, how do you know that scripturally? Because we look at such a great example with the apostles, Peter, James, and John, and the eleven how that they were men of God that followed Jesus for somewhat three and a half years, saw the miracles, saw the healings, saw the great deliverance, the breaking of the bread and sharing to 5,000 people, saw Jesus walk on the water, heal the sick, raise the dead. They saw all of this, and they themselves at times were involved in this. They prayed for the sick. Jesus sent them out. Not only did he, did he send out the 12, he sent out the 70. There were 70 at one time that he sent out to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. So these, these men had, had seen the great miracles of God, but they failed, especially during the crucifixion. They all ran off. They were weak. They were afraid. They locked themselves behind closed doors in fear. 
But Jesus told him in Acts chapter 1, Go and tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now, as we share this, I don't want you just to take my word for this. You may have a different opinion of, of, of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit than I do. But I want to challenge you today at least listen and then take time to take this outline this week, if you will, or soon. Study the scriptures. Study these scriptures. See what thus saith the Lord. See what God is saying about the church today. Amen? It is very, very important. The church, the overall church today is anemic. It suffers weakness. It is frail. It is not, listen to me, accomplishing what God desires for the church to accomplish. And it never will until it understands, receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and practices what the Word says that will happen. These disciples were afraid. They were weak. Peter denied Jesus. They all ran out, ran away at the crucifixion except John. But after Pentecost, 120, 120 people gathered in the upper room. And Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4, tells us what happened to those men and women that were in the upper room. Powerful, powerful happenings. So if it revolutionized these men, if it changed their life, if it changed their ministry, listen to this, if it gave them boldness to do what God, what Jesus had commissioned them to do, then we ourselves ought to be able to follow what thus saith the Lord. Now I can hear someone say, but pastor, some of that ceased with the early church. Not so. I know people uh, take verses out of context. A verse out of context is a pretext. And we need to study the whole word of God. But when we learn the Bible, when we know what thus saith the Lord, we're able to be like the early church. Wouldn't that be wonderful? If Bethel Christian Center, the church down the street, the church across town, the church from California to New York, the church in America and around the world, wouldn't it be wonderful if the church today functioned like the early church? Amen. Brother Don, that's impossible. Not so. You and I have the same Holy Ghost, the same power, the same endowment that the early church had. And they turned their world upside down. The Bible says, Acts says, for Jesus. 
I think it's time for the church today to stand up and be noticed. If there ever was a time that we need to see the manifestation of the Spirit of God, if there ever was a time we see we need to see the Holy Ghost functioning as God intended for it to function, it's today. It's today. Now, I want us to notice, first of all, there are those that believe, like the national preacher last Sunday morning, that believes when you receive Jesus Christ that the Holy Spirit comes on the inside. They're right. But for many people, that's as far as they go. When we are born again, when we're saved, when we accept Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God comes inside. Know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen? That's God's Word. He comes on the inside. Someone says when you're baptized, you get more. No, you don't. You never get any more. I mean, He's there. You don't get pieces of the Holy Ghost. Finest Dake says you get a measure. He may be right. I'm not sure about that. When the Holy Spirit comes in, he comes in. He really does. And 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13 says, For as the body is one, 1 Corinthians, as a body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ by how many spirits? Talk to me. One. We were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, free. And have all been made to drink into one, one spirit. Now this word here, in Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, this word baptize means to be baptized into into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Brother, what are you talking about? Well, let's read some more. Let's, Let's hear what... Paul is saying to the church at Galatians, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Now, I, 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 I took the Amplified here, and I think we probably, yeah, we have the Amplified. It gets a little wordy, but it, it really shows what happens. Please, read this with me on the screen. For all of you who were baptized, there's that word again, into Christ, and notice what the Amplified says here, into a spiritual union with with the Christ, the anointed, have clothed yourselves with Christ. That is, you have taken on his characteristics and values. And that's what it means to be baptized into Jesus Christ and the believer. The believer has the baptism of sonship. Keep that in mind. 
The believer has the baptism of sonship. So every believer that comes to Jesus Christ, confesses their sins, accepts him as their, as their Savior, they receive the Spirit of God, and we begin to walk in the newness of life, and we take on the characteristics of life. The believer is identified with, notice your notes, number one under Roman numeral number one. The believer is identified with, confirmed to, brought into union with Jesus Christ. That's simple. That's not confusing. That's very revealing what happens when a believer, when a person comes and accepts Christ. Notice number two under number one. The believer is also clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5. I love this verse because it blows me away. And every one of us, not just a pastor, not just a preacher, not just the deacon or the elders or some great spiritual person. This is for each and every believer. Paul says, For he made him who knew no sin... To be sin for us that we might become what? The what? Say it with me. Righteousness. Righteousness of who? Of God. How is that possible? How is it possible for sinful man? How is it possible for us to display to the world... The righteousness of God. It is done because we have changed. We've changed from the cocoon to the beautiful butterfly. You're a butterfly. Did you know that? You're recreated. Our vision statement is transformed through Jesus Christ. We're transformed. You and I. Every believer has been transformed and we take on the characteristics of Jesus Christ. It is amazing what God has prepared for those that believe him. Now, I think this number two, Roman numeral number two in your, in your outline, please read it. From fountain to river. Now in John chapter four and verse 14 now, this is a great chapter. In fact, listen to me. This is one of the greatest chapters in the Bible. You can read this chapter 101 times and you still get something new from it. It's the chapter where Jesus goes by or goes to Samaria and he meets a Samaritan woman at a well and he begins to talk to her. Great truths there. You can just read it and rejoice. <laughs> Living waters. He said, if you'd ask of me, you could, I'd give you living waters and you'd never thirst again. She said, sir, give me this water that I won't have to come back to this well. Jesus Christ is the living water. Say amen. But notice verse 14, if you will. 
But whoever drinks of this of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become a in, in him, I'm gonna miss that, will become in him a fountain, what? Fountain. Fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So the salvation experience, the born again experience, is described, the analogy is used, that we, you and I, receive the fountain of water. Oh, it's wonderful. How many of you remember when you got saved? Oh, oh. Nine years old, a young man that knelt down at an altar in a little old church in Clinton, North Carolina, Sampson County. And it's just like it happened yesterday. There is nothing like being born again. Jonathan's wife, in reading the vows yesterday, she said, Jonathan, you're the greatest thing that ever happened to me other than when I met Jesus Christ and I surrendered my life to him. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. And it, it, it's just wonderful to, to have that fountain, that, that living water within you springing up into everlasting life. A lot of people get saved, they act funny. That's okay. I'm not, I'm not talking about acting in a way that you turn people off. I'm talking about you just act different. There's something about having that living water come on the inside. So when the believer, when a person that is lost does not have the Spirit of God, does not have this living water, when they kneel at an old-fashioned altar, when they kneel, doesn't matter where it's, it's at, it can be at home, it can be riding in the highway in your automobile. Wherever the person meets the condition to accept Jesus Christ, that's when the Spirit of God comes in and that living water, that fountain, is there in that individual's life. God, powerful, powerful. And then in John 7, 37 and 39, this is some of my favorite writings in the Bible. Uh, did, I, did I not write that down on my notes? Mark, oh, no, I got it. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. Now, don't, don't lose your train of thought because this is powerful. John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. Listen at it. On that day, or last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood. Now, this is Jesus Christ himself. This is the Son of God. This is God himself standing and cried out saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, the King James says, their belly, the new King James heart, out of, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Notice it. 
But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom they, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Folks, there is no question when you study this. Jesus Christ is speaking of the day, if you read Acts chapter 1, when he told them to go back into Jerusalem and tarry until they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they did, and they stayed there 10 days until the Holy Spirit failed. And I want to read that in just a moment. But this is what he's talking about. He's talking about going from a fountain of the believer to a river that flows. So I want to explain this as, 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 as good as I can on what happens. When a person accepts Christ, the Spirit of God comes in. That's a wow. Say it. Wow. <laughs> I just love that. When a person receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he flows out. He flows in, he flows out. There are, there's one baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are many fillings. And, and you can find that throughout the book of Acts. There is no way. I don't understand what some of these preachers preach when they get to, to 1 Corinthians 14, Romans chapter 12, and the whole book of Acts. I don't understand what they can, I, I do know, one of, the, one of my favorite preachers, my, I didn't know he was that old. He's old. He's older than I am. Chuck Swindoll, he's one of my, he is an orator. And he preaches a good word. But I heard him try to preach or uh, acts. And I, I said, Chuck, you're just stumbling all over yourself. Come on, you know, preach it, teach it like you're supposed to. That doesn't mean these preachers are bad doesn't mean that the word that they teach is, is bad. But when they get to, to Acts, when they get to receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, and for years churches, denominations have, the, have tried to teach it and preach it away. You can't teach it or preach it away. It's real. It is real. Now, you say, Brother Don, how, how can I receive? Mark, go back to Acts. I'm, I'm sorry, not Acts. Where you are now. John chapter 7. Let's, let's go back there and start with verse 37. On the last day, and this is speaking of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, said, If anyone, what? Thirst. I want to tell you how you can receive that. First of all, you got to thirst. We thirst out after a lot of things in this whole world. But number one, we must thirst. Let him watch. I want you to notice the, uh, the verbs in these, in these sentences. You got to thirst. What's the next one? Come on, students. Come. You got to thirst. Come to me and what? Drink. So number one, you've got to thirst. Second of all, you've got to come to Jesus Christ. And then you've got to drink wholeheartedly. Like, like you've been out in the desert 
for a long time and you just got to guzzle some water down. Go to verse 38. He who what? Believes. So it's important that we first of all thirst, come, drink, and believe. Isn't that simple? That is so simple in receiving. So it is important for us. So we go from uh, a fountain to river. Here's the important thing of the fountain. The fountainhead is where the water starts. That's where the flow starts. It's coming out of the fountain. And it starts from Jesus Christ. He said, I am the living water. He is. And we drink of him. Metaphorically, we drink of Jesus Christ. We taste of him. Wow. And it's, that is the beginning. And then it begins to flow out. Number three. The baptism with the Holy Spirit began on the day of Pentecost. Now, you can't, you can't tear this page out of the Bible. You can't do it. It happened. It's history. Now, I know we want to get rid of history. And we want to tear down all the history we possibly can. But I'll tell you, history teaches us something. And the history is important. The history of America is important. Hmm... Hmm. You can't tear down statues and tear out pages and try to remove it. It's important. Yes, there's some bad history. Learn from it. And the his, this, is, this was written 2,000 years ago by the physician Luke. He wrote this. Notice what it says. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. I'm about to get happy. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Not fire but as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, every one of them. If there was 120, all 120 received this great experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, God Almighty, he wants the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the anointing of God to fall in this place, and every person receives. Brother Don, I don't know that I want to go through all that. I'm ready to get out here and get, go get my chicken. You just wait. This is important. It is important. It's when we meet the condition. You see the conditions? And it's for every person. And sat on each of them. And they were, say all for me. Is it up there? And they were all filled <laughs> with the. Whoop, let me back up and punt. I lost my place. Stay up there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to do what? Shh, don't say that loud. 
People will think you're crazy. Oh, they did what? Let's say it loud. They did what? They spoke in tongues. Amen. Try to take that out of the scripture. Try to remove, you know, mark through it. It's in there. And it's in there throughout the whole book of Acts. Well, I'll just tell you, I was reading the other day where some of them received the Holy Spirit. They didn't speak in tongues. All four places in the book of Acts, it said they spoke in tongues. And one place where they it did not, Simon wanted to buy the experience from the apostles because he saw something. And evidently, it was the speaking in tongues. They spoke in tongues as the Spirit. Spirit gave them utterance. They spoke. It didn't say the Holy Spirit spoke. Each individual spoke in tongues. Well, Brother Don, I don't believe in all that tongues in the, you know. Well, then you, you don't believe in the whole Bible. Well, Paul didn't. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than y'all. You can't use that one. Sure, it was misused. Sure, in the church at Corinth, it was abused. And I've been in Pentecost since I was five years old. And I can confess to you, in the Pentecostal realm, it has been abused and misused. But just because a person gets driver's license, you know, I was going to Mooresville yesterday. I was going, 85 is dangerous. Whoa, they're going in and out and in and out and in and out. And all lanes were filled going down 85. Well, here comes a car behind me flying. He ain't got nowhere to go. I mean, he just ain't got nowhere to go. And I look at him, I said, my God, he's going to run over me. He's going to kill me and my wife. And I didn't say that, but he, it, it was dangerous. So all of a sudden, he went to the right of me on the edge, round, dodging between. Now, listen. That's an idiot. <laughs> but just because someone gets license and abuses those driver's license and abuses those license don't mean that I can't have license and drive like I should and get from A to Z, from here to there. Isn't that something? And just because people have, and there has been abuse, not as much as some people say, it has been abused, that doesn't mean it's not real. In fact, when the devil uses counterfeit, he uses something that behind that was real. I hope I didn't lose you. I hope you're staying with me. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, you say, who's to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? If you are a born-again believer, if your sins have been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you, my friend, are candidate for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Brother, no, no, I've already got the Spirit. Yes, and don't you let anyone... Listen, just because a person receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they speak in tongues does not make the person that has not any less important. Stay with me. You're on your way to heaven. 
If you never speak in tongues, you don't have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. The, the purpose of the anointing and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for service. Amen? Look at the bottom of your, your page at, at number four. I'm going to jump over here some. Look at it. Now, as I go through this, and my time is, is, is gone just about, but as I go through these four, I hope it whets your appetite to want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number one, it's a new power for service and a new power to witness. Jesus said, speaking to the disciples for he, before he ascended up on that mountaintop, but you... Put your name there. Put your name. Not just Peter, not just John, but every believer, not just the early church, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. That's the purpose. Now, I'll tell you, when I received, I felt good. I'm, I don't know about you, about, but you don't go by feeling. The Holy Ghost baptism is not just to make me feel good. The Holy Ghost baptism is to give me boldness to witness to the unsaved and see believers come to Jesus Christ. Good preaching, Brother Don. Good preaching, Brother Don. It's important. It's important. Number two, it's a new pursuit for growth in the word of God. I'm going, Mark, to Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. See, that wisdom and knowledge, the Holy Spirit there helps us in reading the word. Now I'm going to go back, Mark, John 14, 26. But the helper, who's, that's capitalized. Who's the helper? The Holy Spirit. The helper, that's who we're talking about. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you almost everything. Huh? Didn't say it. He will teach you all things. That's all things you need to know. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said, I said to you. So we have number one, power to serve God. We need power to cast out devils. Brother Thon, I don't, I, I don't know that devils are real right now. Oh my God. You think what's happening in this world today, it's, yeah, I know we got the flesh. I know we got sin in the nature of man, but there is a satanic force behind the ungodly, immoral happenings in our nation today. And we need the power of God to cast it out. I believe in casting out devils. You don't play with devils and demons. New potency in prayer, number three, Ephesians chapter six, 
Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in what? Say it with me. In the what? Spirit. I believe in, I believe in praying and saying the grace of saying nights prayers. And, but there's times we need to get down before God and have the Holy Spirit to assist us. Being watchful, Paul said to the church at Ephesus, to this end, with all perseverance, with all supplication for all the saints. And then Romans chapter 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our what? Well, I find my, do you ever find yourself weak? God, I find myself weak. And I'm talking mainly about the spiritual weakness now. But God helps us. When you've just gotten word that something bad's going on with your physical body and you, you almost feel so weak, you, your knees buckle. When the doctor looks at you in Duke Hospital and says to you and your wife, he's got three months to live. Three months. It's not a long time to live. So wait a minute. My, my knees almost, you get weak. I turned to the window, walked away from Mom, from Carol and the doctor. And I just stared out the window. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Just like he put his arms under me. And I turned back to that doctor and walked over to him to hear the rest of what he had to say. 20 years ago when I was told I had cancer I went home it was like a dark cloud hanging over me I could no matter what I did that dark cloud was there I became oppressed I became depressed I didn't know what to say I'd served God all of my life and here I am, I have cancer, and the report's not good. And I'd lay in the bed at night and cry and weep and feel so lonesome, so afraid. Well, you, you had fear? Oh, yes, I was afraid. Then one night, true story, then one night I believe that the angel of the Lord came in my room. The Holy Spirit just reached out. And said, and I was lifted up. And there was a peace that came in my life. That was, that was uh, 20 years ago. That was 20 years ago. And lifted me up. I had a peace that passed all understanding. God give you, he'll give you that peace. When your son or your daughter is on drugs and you've done everything you could and you're just so frustrated and you want to just pull your hair out, all of a sudden, if you trust God, he'll come and give you peace. I don't think Neil would remind me, would mind me telling this. I don't think you would mind. I've been more than one time more than twice to get him out of jail. 
One of the worst feelings for a dad is to go and see your son behind those bars. And we prayed. We asked God to change his life. It seemed like it just, just was not going to happen. And then six years ago, this young man has surrendered. He, listen, he puts his mom and daddy to shame at home. He listens to God. He, he's just sensitive to the Spirit of God. He loves God. God's changed him. You said, yeah, but don't know but nothing. He's changed. <laughs> listen, he helps us. This word says, he helps us in our weaknesses for we do not know what to pray for this is also 826 of Romans we don't know what we should pray for as we all but the spirit himself the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered my mother would lay on the floor praying she had three kids, me, my brother, and my sister. Judy and I served God. Junius didn't. He was the older. He started drinking when he was very, very young. He was 16 years old. He became a major, major, major alcoholic. I could tell you more stories about that man, about how God spared his life, spared his life more than one time. That close to death. And yet God protected him. Mama died. Some years ago. But those prayers. And that intercession prayers. They didn't die. They lived on. Listen the Holy Spirit. When he gets a hold of something. He don't die. He don't give up. He don't send up the white flag of surrender. He holds on and holds on. And it comes to pass. And that son. That she prayed for so long. One Sunday morning. Came through that door. Walked down that aisle. Gave his heart to the Lord. Right there. And the prayers of mama. Was like the holy hound of heaven it wouldn't let him go don't you stop praying pray in the Holy Ghost pray in the Holy Ghost and a new passion for worship greater is he that's within me sister joy brother Denny listen to me you can worship and that's great. You can worship without feeling anything. And that's great. That is worship. You don't have to feel anything to worship God. But there's something about the anointing and the power and the Spirit of God when He is ushered in to a worship service. It becomes more than just a song, more than just music. There's something going on. Listen to what it says. What is the conclusion then? 1 Corinthians 14 and 15. I'm closing. Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit. <laughs> that man laid here prostrate on the floor Friday night praying in the Spirit. 
You could just tell that the Holy Spirit was hovering. You think God is not going to answer his prayer? Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit. I will sing. No, and I will also pray with the understanding. Going to pray with the Spirit and pray with the... Listen, both of them are important. Pray with the Spirit, pray with the understanding. Then he says, I will sing with the Spirit. One of my, one of my closest friends, many years ago, Cecil Williams, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the back in his house. On the back row, laying on a bunch of chairs. And I listened, I said, what's going on? And he was singing, not in the rain, but he was singing in the spirit. Beautiful. Paul said, I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Lord, I thank you for this message. Not that I preached it. I thank you because the Holy Spirit, your Holy Ghost, has and is revealing it to this entire congregation. Not one nook, not one corner, not one person that has not been spoken to by your Spirit. God, as the, as the, as the dove appeared, on Jesus Christ, gentle, loving dove, as it appeared when Jesus was baptized. Lord, we've not seen a dove here today, but your Holy Spirit has lighted itself upon us. Hallelujah. Your Holy Spirit, dear God, is in this place. You're not here just to be here. You're here to do a work. And I pray there would not be one reluctant soul that would not open their heart to the moving of your spirit. I pray that there would not be one person that would allow pride and fear and even at times misunderstanding to keep them from opening their heart letting the thirst for the moving and the manifestation of the Spirit of God be so alive. May they come to the Lord and may they drink wholeheartedly and may they believe. May faith rise in this place today. Meet every need in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, Joy. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is. Sing it again. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Satan's like a roaring lion. Roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. 
the Bible tells us so. Many souls have been his prey, the fall in some weak hour. But God has promised us today is overcoming. Sing it. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he. Sing the chorus again. Greater is he. On the day of Pentecost, rushing mighty wind blew into the baptized all of them with power greater than any earthly foe. Sing it. than he that is in the world. Now you can receive from God anything that you desire today by faith. You receive it by faith. Anything. I just, ever since we began this service, I have sensed so strong that God has so many things for every person in this place. I'm not just talking. There's, there's something powerful in this service this morning. And you can receive where you're standing, but I want to challenge you today by faith to step out in the aisle next to you, next to you, and come stand. There's plenty of room around this altar. Come and stand with us around the altar. We're going to have prayer. We're going to pray for special needs. And then we're going to believe God to infill some folk. Come on. Greater is he. Satan's like a roaring lion. Satan's like Seeking home. Many souls have been Greater. Put your hands together, come on. Greater is he. Than he that is in the world. Now listen, one of the things that one of the things that keeps people from receiving the baptism is fear. I'm afraid I'll look foolish. I'm, I'm afraid something else will happen. Listen. Get rid of that fear. The devil, you know, God's not going to allow the devil to put something on you you shouldn't or cannot receive. Amen? I, I just believe that. Jesus said, if you ask bread, 
He ain't going to give you a serpent. And he's going to give you what you ask. So I want you to begin to ask whatever you need. If, you have, if, you, if you're lost, say, Lord, forgive me my sins. Nudge up to him spiritually. Nudge up to him by faith. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, begin to love him. Ask him. Ask him. If you need healing, ask him. Let's get rid of our pride today. Amen? You know, I want you to act just like you're in, that you're just as free if you're out of Carolina and, 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 and do basketball game. They don't hold back. I mean, they're just jumping around and acting like all. And this is much better than a basketball game. Amen? Amen. This is good. This is good. Hallelujah. So don't be inhibited. Hallelujah. Ain't nobody here but us folks. Come on. Now, Father, we come against the enemy that would hinder anyone from receiving from you. God, as a blind man, received his sight. May we receive our healing. As the early church received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, may we receive our experience. Lord, as the early church received the answer to the Holy to their prayers, may we receive our answers in Jesus' name. Now I want you to lift up both hands. That's surrender. Let's surrender. I'm embarrassed. Come on. Lift up both hands. Now, Father, we yield to you. We pray to you. We have faith in you. And we accept the fact that we are going to receive our healing, our blessing, the baptism. Lord, we're going to receive our salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Greater is he that is in Come on. Oh, greater is he. One of the most important things in receiving from God is being willing to yield. You see, we don't want to yield to nothing. We're Americans. We got all of it covered. We have all the answers, and we don't want to come across as being weak and not know it. But listen, God, God wants us to come to him humbly. The publican stood. Beat his chest in humility. And he said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Crying out to God. God, we receive today. We accept the power of the Holy Spirit. First of all, we thank you because as believers, we possess the Spirit of God. Now, God, we desire that he flow out of our lives for us to be of service to you, for us, dear God, to be a witness for the kingdom in the precious 
and holy. In the name of Jesus, amen.